Lagos Talks 91.3 and Corporate Shepherds presents the man of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome, my dear friends, to Navigate with I.D. Enang. Such an honor and privilege to share with you today and also learn from you by extension. Welcome to the Business School on Radio. As you know, we've been taking on concepts that would aid us become better business people, better entrepreneurs, and more importantly, better employees that have a knack and what I call the business acumen. Thank you so much for all your uh, feedback and uh, more importantly, comments that have been made and questions being sent to my email. But most of all, I want to thank God for the gift of life that you and I are alive today to be able to hear, to be able to share, and to be able to learn. It's a, it's a gift from God and will not take it for granted. Friends, it's been an exciting time, week in, week out for me. Also a good time to learn and relearn. Because I'll be honest with you, there are a lot of um, business terminologies that one would have over the years uh, utilized and somehow began to, um, you know, throw it away either because you're not using them. And these are terms that you find if you're running your master's in business and administration, what we call the MBA. Now, for most of you, a lot of this that we are taking off from this program can be classified as mini MBA stuff that would help you also drive possibly your personal MBA. And that's why I sincerely appreciate your time and for you to tune in because you're learning something just like I am. Today is going to be slightly different, um, different in the sense that I'm going to continue on the same uh, concept and note-taking and talking, but different because I'm going to keep a strand of conversation that would help us get into a space. You know, there is every sentiment around business. And so when you hear words like leverage, when you hear words like funding, when you hear words like opportunity cost, etc., those words may just fly past. But I believe that with the teachings we've had, many of us are beginning to take a second look especially those of us that are running businesses, uh, no matter how small. Today is going to be different in the sense that I will be taking a cue straight from um, the literature and the book put together by several authors, and more importantly, Josh Kaufman. So, uh, literature that I've used for this series. And there's another um, by Schnell, which I also had utilized way back in my time when I was a senior executive at, um, at one of the companies that you know that I, I did go to as an employee. Now, and you would understand why I can't be calling names all the time because, hey, this, if the, the brands want to have that mentioned, they'll need to pay for it. I'm equally conscious of that. But if it comes in the course of the flow, so be it. But today, I'm going to you know, brace between funding that we discussed last episode, which was on Tuesday. We talked about the hierarchy of funding. 
And I had said that today we are going to deep dive into return on investment. ROI is something that a lot of us talk about. Um, Tuesday was kind of fun because, you know, going through the different types of funding from bottom up was very interesting. And I hope those of you that listened in enjoyed quite a bit. If you know you didn't, I can give you um, a link. Just go to anchor.fm slash IDNang. Or better still, you need to follow me on Twitter at IDYENANG or Instagram. You'll find this uh, link uh, embedded in any of those uh, particular platforms. So I would rather want to introduce a concept which will be more like um, an in-between but a strong in-between um, funding and return on investment. And it's probably a word that many know about and they probably don't understand what it means. So I'll try to kick off with that. Then we move into return on investment. The concept or the principle is called bootstrapping. Bootstrapping, yes, bootstrapping. Have you heard that before? It's spelled B-O-O-T-S as in boots. Then trapping, T-R-A-P-P-I-N-G, bootstrapping. Now, invariably, the amount of financing you need depends largely on what you are trying to do. You know that. Now, if you're brass ring, becoming obscenely wealthy by building a massive uh, public limited company, you'll probably need financing. But if your intent is to be self-sufficient, which I think a lot of us want to be, and free to make your own decisions, it is much better to avoid financing in favor of retaining control. Remember when we talked about uh, hierarchy of uh, funding on Tuesday, I did hint, and I said it very emphatically when I got to the public stock offering. I said that the public stock offering involves selling partial ownership of the company to investors. And one of the things I did say to young people was that a lot of you are looking for older people, looking for very wealthy men or women to come buy shares or to fund your businesses. What you don't know is that you may be setting up yourself to go off the table because after that business kicks in so well, they can buy you out. The management buyout can happen because in the business world, there's no uncle or auntie is share and profit. So I'm bringing this concept in as an idea to educate you that you can, with all sense of reasonableness, also run your business and maintain 100% control. That cool concept sits around what I call bootstrapping. Bootstrapping is the art of building and operating a business without funding. It can happen. Now, don't assume that the only way to create a successful business is by raising millions of naira or dollars, as it were, of venture capital. It is simply not true. Now, I can say this to you because I am in that space of bootstrapping. Um, I'm not looking to have a public uh, company where I'm going to sell shares. It could happen eventually. Now, businesses grow, but at the immediate to medium, that isn't the intent. And so you have to engage in a way that allows you retain control. Now, it is simply not true that 
you have to, you know, run through, raise millions of Naira uh, of venture capital. Now, by limiting yourself to the use of personal cash, personal credit, the business's revenue, and a little ingenuity, you can actually build an extremely successful business without seeking funding at all. But it requires a high level of discipline. Remember I said to you that, you know, um, at the start, from the bottom up, that personal cash, personal credit, etc., within the ladder, they can take you up. But many times, these have to come from friends and family. But if you have saved and put away resources generally, and then you've been able to um, put together stuff that you need and manage it efficiently with the right financial discipline, yes, you can have a successful business. And that's what you know, is embedded in this whole concept of bootstrapping. My business, for example, um, operates through a current account. Um, yes, and we have some specialized accounts, which not necessarily savings, but in between. And then um, a business credit card, which we have not activated. I did say to you that one of the bankers that we have, one of the banks that we utilize, have actually given us an open line of credit, which we've not activated in quite a bit. And this is how we are able to manage the resources across. Now, this is very dependent on certain factors. And those factors over the years have been personal cash, personal credit. I tell you this, way back uh, when I started um, Navigate with ID on radio, this was in 2009. We kicked off 2009, April 1, 2009. I was always on a particular station then, five days a week, five minutes, five days a week. It cost me about 236,000 Naira monthly to buy airtime. This is outside of production, etc. How far I'd started. Now, do you think I got that money from a bank? The answer is no. Did I have any companies to put in their ads? The answer is no. It was all personal cash and personal credit. And that's how over time and over the years, we've been able to build the program Navigate with ID because the intent is to drive a level of shepherding. And that becomes very tough, um, very, very tough because folks would just imagine, but why would you just be burning cash, your personal cash on something? I said, well, it has to do with posterity and it has to do with understanding your life's purpose. This is my life's purpose. God has given me a mandate to do what I need to do for the next generation and to improve on what I have seen. That is why I went through the experience I went through. So different businesses have a different call to others and, and they have different calls, you know, and callings, as they do say, you know, in some other context. But if you don't understand your calling, you might just think that funding is the thing that will make it work. No. Now, today, by the grace of God, I'm grateful to all the brands that are, you know, chiming in and putting in their ads, placing their ads in the program. It's slowly but surely gathering the right momentum. And so by the time we have daddy in smaller bits, like we do have uh, five minutes um, additions in our sister stations, you will find out that uh, there are ads in there. It just begins to help. But it's bootstrapping, friends. I don't have any loan from any bank or any um, venture capitalist investing in corporate shepherds. And that's why it's a very thin line. 
and one has to drive with what I call absolute discipline. And then you also need to have a lean workforce, have the right people that are dedicated and committed to the heart and mind of the business. Bootstrapping allows you to grow your business while maintaining 100% control over the business operations. You don't have to get anyone else's approval to make the decisions you think are best. Now, the drawback is that growing the business can take much longer. That you, I just gave you as an example, and that is prudently used. Funding can help make things happen much more quickly than they'd happen otherwise. So imagine if I have, you know, a venture capitalist coming now and we want to take this beyond what it is. Obviously, it's going to take um, quite, it's an arm and a leg, but this time around, it will be a whole body, but it can be done. However, I choose and I chose to bootstrap and take it on within the personal confines of doing what I can do because it just allows one to grow the business differently and organically. But if you accept funding, you must make sure that you use it to do things that you couldn't do any other way. The reason I'm telling you, friends, is that force multi are useful but expensive. Force, F-O-R-C-E. Force multipliers are useful, but they're expensive. Taking on funding in order to get access to critical capabilities can be smart. Otherwise, try to operate from cash and operating revenue as much as possible. Now, one-line advice. For best results, bootstrap as far as you can go, then move up the hierarchy of funding only as needed. So I'm creating this as a balance in between to tell you that you should bootstrap as far as you can go and then you can then start moving up the hierarchy of funding. And just by way of a recap, last Tuesday when I talked about the hierarchy of funding, recall I said at the base is your personal cash followed by the personal credit. You can have personal loans. You can have unsecured loans. There are secured loans. There are bonds. You have what I call receivable financing and a word that um, we all use all the time, angel capital, that is shifting from loans to capital, venture capital, and finally, public stock offering. So that, you know, you can then choose to come up that as you find um, your business uh, cranking. Nevertheless, I needed to introduce this concept of bootstrapping for um, enlightenment on one hand and to encourage a lot of people to stay within the boundaries of personal cash, personal credit to fund their businesses because that way you're not looking through the back. I sleep well because I don't have no bank coming to ask me for collateral or knock on my door. Oh, you didn't do X, you didn't do Y. Oh, this is due? No, I sleep well. But in sleeping well, you also know that, okay, you may not entirely take on the scope that you require, but you can build it line upon line, precept upon precept. Having 100% ownership and control of a profitable, self-sustaining business is a beautiful thing. You can have that, but it also means 
you must be disciplined. This is where a lot of us miss it. If a lot of young Nigerians and older ones decide to become entrepreneurs and go through bootstrapping well, going through the laws of the land, pay your taxes, do what is needful, do what you have to do, keep your businesses within the rank and file of authenticity, you'll find that we'll grow our economy. We won't need the federal government to dash us loans, except, of course, we're going into big-scale industrialization or manufacturing from the likes of the banks and the bank of industry or specialized banks that would help us through this, uh, through those kind of times. But nonetheless, I think from a small, medium uh, enterprise standpoint, you can actually employ bootstrapping. When you want to go large scale, then you then need some support or assistance. But the downside, which you must note, is that you will lose some control. And if you get into an unfortunate situation where your mentor financier is a Shylock or tormentor, they'll buy you out and they'll throw you out and take over the business. There's nothing you can do. God forbid, but you need to wear your heart in the right space. Especially if your head is not as big as mine, you need to look for the right heart and the right size of heart to wear. If it's as big as mine, then you know you need more than just getting a tailor to take measurements. Well, friends, I think that's, um, that's a good way to segue into a major consideration for today, which I want to talk about, which is return on investment. Very, very simple, but straightforward. I'm going to talk about it, and I may not spend all the time, but I'll make it a quick summary so that a lot of us, you know, will actually flow with it. And if we, have, we still have some good time, I'll go into a concept that many of us may not have heard. And you are in senior roles or handling business enterprise, you may not understand what sunk cost is. I'll touch on sunk cost if we have some time. I hope you're enjoying this. It's your business school on radio, and we are grateful that you tuned in. Just keep listening and don't go off the dial yet. So let's look at a concept of a return on investment that we hear called ROI. Mm. Now, this is true in life. When you invest in something, you expect it to provide more value than you paid for it. Is that so? Yes. So a return on investment is key. Knowing how to estimate how much you will receive versus how much you invest is a very useful skill. Now, these are two different uh, parts. There's always the value or monetary part and the one that is non-monetary. So, for example, my father or my parents, rather, invested in my primary education, secondary education, tertiary education. Now, if you take the education spectrum, I attended a nursery school, St. Catherine's Model School, was a private nursery primary school located at Faimi in um, Yaba. I moved on to Lagos Baptist Academy, and then I had two small stints at the then Federal School of Arts and Science, Undo, and Federal School of Arts and Science, Suleja. I went to retake my A-levels. And then, of course, I moved over to a state university, University of Cross River State, which is now called UNIO. Now, 
bottom of my education, now add my MBA to, to it, which is Asut. So then that I paid for myself wasn't my parents. They didn't fund that. So from primary or nursery to tertiary, my parents funded it, specifically my dad. Now, do you think he would expect some return? Of course, part of the return is what he's enjoying now in his retirement. And by the way, my dad turned it seven yesterday. Happy birthday to him. I know that he does request for some of these ones in a while. And my younger ones have a way of pushing it to, to them to listen to. Um, happy birthday. I call him um, Usosuks. He's, um, he's a great guy. And he has to keep going, uh, going stronger and stronger. Now, the return on investment is not monetary, but what he has is equity. So he has a son. He has sons and a daughter who have gone through that trajectory of education, just like your dad, just like your mom, just like your guardian, just like your seniors or whoever has invested in your education. That person expects you to come out of the, on the other side looking healthier, better, and being able not just to take care of yourself, but becoming responsible. That is the return on investment speaking to non-monetary stuff like education, for example. But if we look at the monetary aspects, always typically given the acronym ROI, ROI is the value created from an investment of time or resources. Now, most people think of ROI in terms of currency. If you invest, say, 1,000 Naira and you get 100 Naira in profit, that's a 10% return on your investment. How do I know? Simple mathematics. 1,000 plus 100 divided by 1,000 is 1.1 or 10%. Very simple. I'll repeat it. For those that didn't like mathematics in school, or run away from the math class, whatever the teacher got in. Most people think of ROI in terms of currency. That's why I had to also tell you about the non-monetary ROI, using education as an example. If you invest 1,000 Naira simply, and you collect 100 Naira in profit, that's a 10% return on your investment. How did you arrive at that 10%? Or how did I arrive at the 10%, it's basically taking 1,000 Naira plus 100 Naira divided by 1,000 Naira. That will give you 1.10, which invariably in percentage terms, remember when you have to move your zeros to the right, move the point two spaces, it comes over to 10 and that becomes 10%. If your ROI is 100%, you have doubled your initial investment. So return on investment can help you decide between competing alternatives. If you are thinking about stepping into a particular business line or skipping one for the other, or you have a plethora of ideas and businesses at your fingertips, ROI is a good measure that helps you decide between competing alternatives. If you deposit money, for instance, in a savings account, the return on your will be equal to the interest rate that the bank gives you to hold your money. Now, it is strictly quite um, 
appalling these days, honestly. When you get some 5-6%, some cases you get 10%. Yeah, you get 10% max, and that's annualized. But friends, that in itself looks so meager, especially if the amount you're putting in is not so meager. I'll step down at this point. I'll take a pause so we can take a break, and I'll come back as I walk you through the other parts of ROI, and hopefully I could touch on a concept called sunk cost. Don't go away, friends. It's going to get better, and it's going to get more interesting as we look at the subject of ROI. This is Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome back, my dear friends, um, to Navigate with ID and Ang. Just in case you found yourself on this beautiful channel, I bid you welcome. We've been looking at um, some very interesting business concepts, um, given that this is your business school on radio. I have the privilege and honor to more or less champion it, and I hope you get to learn a few things and also share with us that which you know, and we can all learn from the same port. We had, um, in the first half, been looking at bootstrapping. Uh, it's a concept, the art of building and operating a business without funding. Uh, we had started last uh, episode to talk about the hierarchy of funding, where I took uh, listeners through a very nice ladder of funding opportunities. And so I had to introduce the bootstrapping method just so, uh, hey, you can afford to run your business and still keep your control, but you need a measure of discipline. We then stepped into ROI. Um, an acronym stands, that stands for return on investment. And we said it's the value created from an investment of time or resources and went through it. Before we took the break, I'd said that um, return on investment can help you decide between competing alternatives, and that's so. But then if you deposit money in a savings account, the return on your investment will be equal to the interest rate that the bank gives you to hold your money. So. For example, I'll say, why put your money in an account that pays 1% interest? If you can deposit the money in an account that pays 2%, with no difference in fees. Now, it's a kind of consideration because there are many people that just go open savings accounts in banks and they don't check what the competitive rate or case may be. There are several products that banks carry that may have returns, but then the risk will be a lot higher. But people don't know because they don't ask. And in some cases, it is only known to those who understand the art of money and the science of business. So ask. Ask your uh, relationship manager. Ask the investment uh, banker. Ask to go to the investment department and tell them you have a millionaire. What's the best way to put it if you want to play around the money market? or you want to go through mutual funds, better than you dropping it in a savings account that will give you 6%, maximum 10% annualized. All it just means is divided by 12. is less than nothing. I mean, you spend the whole year uh, saving maybe 1.2 million, and then what you get will be a paltry 7,000 naira, sort of. I mean, does that make sense? It doesn't. But if you were able to put that money into some useful venture, the turns could be very exciting and could be. Um, but then I know everybody has a measure of their risk appetite. So the usefulness of um, 
ROI extends far beyond money. I started that, you know, when I talked about education and gave the example of my parents funding my primary all the way through secondary and then tertiary education. Now for my master's, I, I funded it myself. So my father, my mother would have expected some return on investment. That return on investment was not necessarily monetary, but what they also wanted was equity, that this child will be able to hold his own, will be able to stand well, will be able to represent us, and will become the ambassador of our family. That's why they invested in good education for me. But now they get some monetary value, which is taking care of them, ensuring that despite their pensions, their cash flow is never inhibited with other benefits. That's what you do for good parents or for parents who have invested in your education or in your life. So the usefulness of return on investment extends far beyond money. Now, you can use it for other universal currencies as well. Now, it's called return on invested time. And it is an extremely useful way to analyze the benefits of your effort. If you were forced to work 24 hours a day, nonstop for a year, in exchange for $1 million, would you do it? I know the first thing that will be in your head, ah, why well, Agudram? Because you are thinking exchange rate. Ah, boy, well, that's about 600 million naira. Ah, Agudramo. That's like 50 million a year. Ah, Agudramo. Think. When you look at the return versus the cost of your time and sanity, it is not worth it. I see some people take on some jobs. Oh, the job is amazing. They're paying me 50 million, you know what, 50 million naira a month. But I'm working flat out Monday to Sunday inclusive. And then you take it because of 50 million, number one. Because you work yourself so badly that you'll almost break. Now, you'll almost lose your sanity. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't go for the big, you know, you don't, you don't go and chill out. We want to chill out with the big boys. Now, your business. But I tell you, at some point, you will be smoked. The return on every investment is always directly related to how much the investment costs. So for me, my time is very key. There's something called the return on invested time. I do not spare time and throw it away like that. When we started Navigate with ID on this radio station about five years ago, for about four straight years, my Tuesday and my Thursday, I had to go through traffic. Those days were automatically lost because I'll spend time moving from my office in the morning, going all the way to Ikoi going live, and then by the time you come back, the day is gone. So most times I leave the office pretty late at night. And what does it do? It tells on your body. But year in, year out, month in, month out, day in, day out, week in, week out, that was my own in to building this program and still is. But now, thankfully, there are other options and amenable directions we can take to deliver the same message, just to be able to maximize my invested time. And that's why we can still communicate and be in touch, taking and making use of technology. That is, those that will miss this program can always come back 
go straight to the podcast and get a lean on it. So the return on every investment is always directly related to how much the investment costs. The more you spend, that is in terms of both money and time, the lower your return. Even sure bets like buying a house or getting a degree aren't wise if you pay too much for them. I see people go to the best of the best. I'm not saying don't go to them, best places, folks, but you pay so much because of an MBA. And at the end of the day, you are busy carrying application everywhere and saying, I am an H graduate, I'm an I graduate, I'm an M graduate, I'm an alumnus of the prestigious. What is he going to do for you after a while? Let me tell you, all of those degrees, at best, they will give you a foot on the door. They will open the door. Oh, this guy is an H graduate, an I graduate, M graduate, E graduate. When you enter the room, if you don't perform, that degree don't go, don't bonfire. Many don't understand but they see them as sure bets to getting into the league. Every estimate of return is speculative. You never know how it will actually turn out. Calculating returns is an exercise in predicting the future, which is fundamentally impossible. I want you to talk that deep in your spirit. Mr. Harvard graduate, Mr. Insead, Mr. Emery, Mr anywhere, Mr. Lagos Business School. We want to go pay so much. I'm not saying it's not important. Please don't misunderstand me. Because a lot of people look at them as sure bets. It's almost like buying a house, but you don't know what will happen down the road. A lot of people are, want to get a master's degree from an Ivy League institution. And then there's nothing wrong with it, but if you pay too much for it, there's something wrong because in your mind, you're looking at a return on investment, but you can't predict the future. Only God knows the future. That's why it's yesterday, today, and forever. In part, and we prophesy in part, the best of man is still man at the very best. So return on investment, as great as it is, you are not different from someone that sits down and predicts. You sit down in football, that's where betting is making its own rounds. Someone says, oh, I'm looking at this, the way it happened with this match, I'm going to bet against the other. Or you decide to go to UFC and bet, putting all your money in there, bet on this, bet. It's all predictive, very predictive. So every future ROI estimate is a semi-educated guess. No matter how much of permutations, no matter how much of very eccentric and tight regression analysis you might take, you can only know your ROI for certain after the investment is made and the returns collected. So the only way my father could know the return on investment is worth it is how I have turned out to be a son of the promise or the intent he had. There are sons and daughters whose parents have invested heavily in their education and today they are total disgrace to the family. Is that a good investment? You only know at the end. Now, can you tell in the course of the day whether this investment is worth it? Yes, of course. You send your daughter or son to a private nursery or even a secondary school 
and he or she comes back and is able to engage you or use some words. Your nine-year-old daughter uh, would tell you, use a particular word that you will turn around and say, wow. Then it tells you your investment in that particular education or institution, educational institution is paying off because high-quality teaching, you're seeing it in your child, you're seeing it in the dexterity and the quantitative reasoning of your child. You can rightly say, oh, I think that school is right. Or it could just be a blip. The particular teacher is exceptional, but it does not tell you that this investment has made a full turn until after the investment has been made. Nothing in this world, friends, is a sure bet. Always take into account the risk of something going wrong before making an investment. No matter how high the potential ROI may appear to be. That is my two cents advice to you. Don't look at a business. Don't look at a venture and say, ah, I know this is going to, I can tell you five years, it's all tumbo tumbo basketball. Um, you know, if you have done tumbo tumbo, a lot of people do tumbo tumbo when they're inside the exam hall. Objective questions, A, B, C, D. They don't know which one. They'll now start, they'll take the pendulum and start from A, tumbo tumbo basketball. If you are not um, my age band, you will not know that. And I'm a, I'm a kai kai, sisi, boss, bread. Oh, you say you stop the D, you tick D, If you do that in jam, whoa, that return on investment will sit at home. You just wasted your money. If you don't know, you don't know. Important that we do due diligence, but accept the fact that every investment, no matter how loathsome it is, is just a sure bet. Always take into account the risk of something going wrong before making an investment. No matter how high the potential ROI appears to be. Okay? Well, friends, I know I have some few minutes to go, so I'm going to quickly touch on the concept of sunk costs. Very interesting. Sunk costs. Now, a wise man once said that if at first you don't succeed, try, try, and try again, then quit. There's no point in being a damn fool about it. Um, this wise man was a comedian called Fields. Now, this is one of the things that um, you just ask yourself, how does some cost apply to me? There are very many people that do not understand um, that when they step into business and they start spending, some of that amount are already sunk. They're gone. So if, for example, now you want to go into a project and then you have laid out all the things that you want to do, there are some parts and some costs of that project that will naturally you need to engage in to start the process in order for you to put in something nice and great. Anything happens and you cannot continue, those um, items that you had started with and the monies abrogated therein have all gone with the wind. Have you ever had a situation where you want to start a business, you have started putting in some money um, into certain aspects, and then the business goes bust, or the idea, or the process it gets bust? What happens? You can't recoup what you had spent 
Well, what then happens is what? Sunk costs. So sunk costs are investments of time, energy, and money that can't be recovered once they have been made. No matter what you do, you can't get those resources back. Continuing to invest in a project to recoup lost resources doesn't make sense either. All that matters is how much more investment is required versus the reward you expect to obtain. So for you, I would say once you get to a certain time and period that you are clear that this thing is not working again, just cut it off and just bite the bullet. Bite the bullet and say, okay, I've lost some money. This is you know, one of those things, business guns are, and I need to move on. Some cost is easy to understand conceptually, but much harder to put in practice. When you sink in years of work into a career, ah, you then realize you don't want that career, Kai. Or you sink in millions of naira that unexpectedly requires millions, more millions. Or you sink in a lot of time into this relationship that this guy, I look forward, oh, this guy is going to be my husband, potentially life partner, or this lady, I just love her. I'm definitely going to have me a great wife. And then something happens and it goes bust. Kai, it is very difficult to absorb and it's very difficult to walk away. You have invested so much that it feels wrong to give it up for nothing. In reality, friends, there's nothing you can do about your past investments. It is gone. So, Mr. Man, if you are serious and you are in a relationship with this pretty girl, be responsible and stay well. Don't let your eyes be going to and fro. It's only the devil that goes to and fro. The eyes. Huh? Keep it straight. Keep it focused. Because if you miss the ball and go after the leg, you're going to get a red card most likely. And if you get a red card, if you are blessed, she gives you a yellow card, it means you have another chance. And then you go with the same tackle again and you get a red card, it's gone. What it means is all your past investments of time and resources gone. That equally applies to their partner or the girl. So same goals. When you sink years into a particular career, you just decided, oh, I found myself in this line of my career and I've been there years. Okay, um, I went in there because my uncle, you know, um, is my role model or my dad is my role model. I have young mentees who had started several, some legal luminaries. I mean, they've done well, barristers. And all of a sudden, they just said, after five, seven years, they said, Uncle Idy, I don't, I don't want to, I, I don't want to continue with this law thing. I like the idea. I know it. But this is what I want to do. And I said, so who's stopping you? He said, well, there's some sentiments about it. Most of them would go on that charade. Some will go study medicine and come out and tell you, I don't feel like it. I want to, I want to become a tailor. As simple as that. You know what that is? That old time in med school, sunk cost. Don't brood over it. Don't start thinking, ah, wow. Or you bought a parcel of land somewhere. You never visited it. Like I've been burnt a few times. 
they tell you, oh, there's one piece of land down, down, very close to the factory. The, the new refinery is looking very good. It's going to, it's going to cost one million per plot. You say, ah, buy me two, three. You've not seen it. The day you decide to go, is you can't even get to see where your own land is because it's all mushy, swampy. And you stand there and say, oh my God, what have I done? And you realize your three million naira that you paid one times three plots, just gone with the wind, just smoked it. Sun cost, gone. Or you have a good land, piece of land. You start, you want to build. The architect has put a good design, simple, cozy design for you. And you start building. And somewhere along the line, without having the right papers from government, the government now comes and says, oh, you're on the pathway for the new expressway. Well, we'll pay you some com compensation. But guess what? Um, this will have to go down today. Now, after you've taken this edifice up and you've been dreaming of the day you want to move in, are you sure the compensation from government will even match what you had invested in it? That's if you are able to keep good records. Again, friends, that is some cost. In reality, you have invested so much that it feels wrong to give it up for nothing. But I'm saying to you, there's nothing you can do about your past investment. It is gone. All you can do is act based on the information you have now. That noun is called current reality. That is your reality, so deal with it. Making mistakes is inevitable. No one is perfect. I'm the first to tell you this, friends. I've made some grave mistakes in the course of my life, and I believe that God helping me, I will minimize the ones I make going forward. But we all make mistakes because we are human. No one is perfect. You will make a few decisions that, in retrospect, you will wish you hadn't. Now, count on it. If you could turn back time, you would do things differently. Unfortunately, you can't. That is where sunk cost comes. It is sunk, done. There will always be other projects, provided you don't double down on a risky project to recover your losses. That's why when I look at young men and women that are taking on to drugs and they think and a good high and they are following a certain model or they think that person is doing so well in arts and entertainment and in whatever form, they don't understand that someday you're going to look back in retrospect and wish you hadn't because you'll be in such a sorry state that you'd look at yourself vis-a-vis -vis others that are coming to look around you. And by the way, let me tell you, when those moments come, very few people will be, will be around you. They will abandon, abandon you. Adversity is a true test of friendship. All of those people that are hanging around you because of what who they think you are and keep making some stupid decisions. Sorry to use the word, but some decisions we make could be stupid. It will affect you. When you go back in time, you won't see any of those guys that were hanging around you. So. Better walk away. All of this little drug, codeine and sniffing uh, gum, I'm doing X, Y, Z to be high. When you get to a high, you will come down. Gravity will tell you there's a low. It's a sunk cost. It has gone in and somebody's paying for it. 
Your body certainly is. So goes with investments. Money that you made out of being thrifty, after being manipulative, or you think you are sharp, fast, fast. You make it, what happens? You throw good money after bad. That is not a winning strategy because it is not sustainable. If you look at life and the way a lot of young people are living life today, many don't understand this whole thing about return on investment. Please hear me out and hear me well. Return on investment is not only about business. I told you it's not only about money. There's return on investment that is non-monetary. If you invest your time and your resources and your energy and put it on the wrong things, you are sinking the costs. All of those things are going in because they will not reproduce anything good down the road. Is that the life you want to live? Even a life of perpetual gossip and backbiting. Is that the kind of time and energy you want at the workplace, creating unnecessary and undue tension? As the Amebo, you know, if you watch Village Headmaster in those days, you know, you know who Amebo is. You are the one that picks up the news and tells everybody what is going on. Friends, don't continue to pour concrete into a bottomless pit. If it is not worth the additional investment, walk away. Don't invest your time and energy in doing stuff that is not right. Don't invest in what will not give you a good return. You never have to earn back money in the same way you lost it. If the reward isn't worth the investment required to obtain it or the risk, don't invest. Same thing goes for relationships. Same thing goes for how you go about your personal life. I guess this is a good place to call it off. And then we will definitely be back next week, same time, same station. Friends, if you want to reach me, you can send a mail to contact at navigatewithid.com or you can follow me on my social media platforms. The handle is at I-D-Y-E-N-A-N-G. Thank you so much for listening as I sign out on our business school on radio. Goodbye. And that was Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds.